This episode may contain explicit language. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the first official episode of The Den. Uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, get down to it, and uh, I hope you guys will join me for the ride. Uh, before we go any farther, I want to wish a happy birthday uh, to my boy Caleb, my roommate. You deserve a day, dude. Have a good one. All right, jumping right into it now with uh, the lacrosse world and how uh, Corona has really affected and uh, switched the game up on a lot of teams. Corona ended a lot of seasons uh, in the NCAA, and this has uh, given players an opportunity to get a year of uh, playing back due to it as well. But for seniors who are graduating, at least in the Ivy League, they can't play in the Ivy League anymore, so they are being forced to transfer. A lot of them that want to continue to play, which uh, is causing some serious movement right now and just movement all over. Guys just looking to play somewhere else, uh, playing grad school, and so on and so forth. we got a lot of big names in that transfer portal in the Division I world for lacrosse. Uh, lots and lots of great names. By far the biggest of which is Michael Sowers from Princeton. This guy is a dog. He can play. Uh, 47 points in five games on pace to have the most points per game in college lacrosse history, beating Casey Powell, Lyle Thompson. It, it's insane. The kid is amazing. And he cannot play at Princeton anymore. And Princeton was looking to make a run for championship weekend, in my opinion, at least at the pace they were playing. Nobody was getting in their way. Another name that has entered that portal, another player from the Ivy League, is Jackson Morrill, four-year starter and All-American honors from Yale. He's fifth in goals there, scoring, like second in points total. This guy is a quarterback of offense. He is amazing, and he is going to be missed at Yale next year, that's for sure, with them not, with the Ivy League not allowing players to play again. Look, we're just going to start off by talking about Michael Sowers. Now, he has confirmed. He will be playing for Duke come this spring, and that is insane. Duke is looking like a whole new monster now in the lacrosse world. It's ridiculous. Take a look at them. They have now have Michael Sowers come in, who was, I believe, second. Yeah, leading. Yeah, he was second in points in all of college lacrosse. One point under Chris Gray, who transferred to North Carolina last year, and now they add Michael Sowers with. Nakai Montgomery, Joe Robertson, who was injured this season due to a broken hand, I believe, and uh, he redshirted. And then you have uh, Joey Manown as well, an incoming recruit, number one, Brennan O'Neill, who, in my opinion, is as close to a win as you get. This kid is insane as well coming in. 6'4", 230 pounds, lefty, can shoot the hell out of the ball, and can score it well. Look. Duke is looking scary now, in my opinion, with this pickup, and it's ridiculous. I believe Duke will be number one or two when it comes down to ranking time, for sure. With the scoring ability that offense has, polls are going to be scrambling to figure out which guy they want to pick up, and whoever gets a shorty on them is going to have the opportunity to flourish this season. Next, entering that uh, portal, another another guy I just talked about, Jackson Morrill. Like I said, this kid is amazing. He's great. He's second uh, second most points in uh, Yale's history under Ben Reeves, who won the Tuaraton in uh, 2018. Uh, look, 
this guy's a win, and he's a great player. He can assist the ball. He can score. He's a dodger. He does everything. But at Yale, I've noticed that he did not demand the ball as much, which I found strange for a guy of his skill. Like They just weren't putting the ball through him as much as I thought they were, which I thought was strange. And he actually has confirmed that he is going to play at Denver this year. Denver, I believe, needs another guy to pair with Ethan Walker for his year. And now Ethan Walker technically has two more years to stay at Denver now with the uh, losing of a season due to Corona, which could put Denver back in contention to make it to playoff weekend. I don't know if championships back in sight yet ever since the loss of Trevor Baptiste at the faceoff X, but we shall see. We shall see. Another guy who I take personal interest in is Johns Hopkins attackman Cole Williams. This guy can play. He's 6'5", he's huge, athletic. He pl- <laughs> Look, this guy scores the ball. Like He's 12th in points of all time in Hopkins history. He's been a four-year starter and is a great player. I think, if I had to guess, even with the loss of Coach Dave Petromala at Hopkins, that he will return to a much like a place where he is much needed and he has the opportunity to carry the rock a lot. Another big name coming out through this transfer portal is Kyle Gallagher. Kyle Gallagher is an amazing face-off guy. This dude went toe-to-toe with T.D. Erland last year, all year. Hell, Penn and Yale had some serious battles. That's where Gallagher's from, is Penn. And look, this guy's going 60% at the face-off X. He's amazing. Um, he's helped, like, he basically held, um, uh, Yale to a loss against them once in the regular season going into OT. Every game between, um, Penn and Yale went to OT. And I believe it's to this guy right here, Kyle Gallagher dominating at the faceoff X and he has to move or he will not play lacrosse. But my guess, if I had to say where he's going to go is probably into the ACC somewhere, which will, uh, making an even more stacked conference than it already is. Another guy I want to talk about, he does not play at the Division I level, but he plays at the Division II, is Charlie Betrin from Merrimack. This guy is insane. He, I don't even know why he's not playing Division I in the first place. He can score at will. He's amazing. He's got great stick skills, great vision, and is going to help out any team that he goes to. And actually, he has ended up going to Virginia. Virginia, this is a huge pickup for them after the loss of Michael Krause due to the fact that he chose not to stay and play one more year. He has entered the pros to play for the uh, the Connecticut Hammerheads, I believe, um, a new PLL team. No, not PLL, MLL team that has uh, just popped up. I did find it strange that he did not go to the PLL, but uh, at the end of the day, that's his choice. Look, at the end of the day, this transfer portal has made a lot of teams – Really scary looking. Like Duke, Duke is on the cusp of taking another championship, in my opinion. But they have to do it in one year with Michael Sowers, and they have to take really good advantage of him and all their tools. Uh, Virginia, do not count them out at all. Not in any way, shape, and form. They have a great face-off man who's adapting into this, into his prime. They have a fantastic attack and midfield line if not the second-best midfield line in the country underneath Syracuse, who is just another monster altogether. Look, 
the ACC is insane. You have Duke, which is primed to win another championship. Virginia still in the mix. And Syracuse, who's also primed and ready with Chase Scanlon having transferred from Loyola to go play. Like, I'm not going to. The ACC games are going to be some games to watch here in here in the upcoming spring. All right, now with that out of the way, we will move on to basketball now. I'm going to take a quick minute break, and I will be right back. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. We're here to talk about the NBA now. And uh, who is most likely to win the finals? All right. I'm just excited to get back to watching some basketball. And, uh, yeah. All right. This is just, in my opinion, uh, my uh, five favorites going from 5-1 to one to uh, win the NBA finals. All right. So for this one, I could get a little bit of hate for it. But at number five, I'm going to have to go with the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors, before the uh, quarantine kicked in and uh, postponed the NBA, we're at uh, 46 and 18, and uh, we're looking pretty good. Pascal was having a pretty good season as well. Uh, almost 24 points per game, uh, eight rebounds per game, uh, and just under four assists per game. That's pretty good for a guy who's a um, power forward. Um, yeah, uh, their point guard depth is insane. They've shot pretty well from uh, three land and. Uh, They've done it. They've done a lot right this season. They've beat their competition, getting them the second best record in the East. And yeah, but they they have some serious issues. Uh, the biggest issue I see with Toronto is them playing well against good competition. Uh, they have not really played well against good competition. Uh, in March, they lost against the Nuggets. They have like have lost against they've lost against the Bucks. They lost to Brooklyn, who's uh, not a very good team, but hey, what do you do? They did beat the Lakers way back, but other than that, they don't face up well against good competition, and that is my biggest worry for the Toronto Raptors going forward, and they could run into a team like the Bucks and just get buzzsawed, and that's my opinion. All right, moving on to... Number four, the Boston Celtics. Now, the Boston Celtics, you cannot argue that they have talent. They got Kemba at point. They got Jalen Brown at uh, shooting guard. And then they got they had Jason Tatum. Like, you cannot argue with that roster whatsoever. They have a lot of all coming up in young stars. Jason Tatum, potentially a top ten player. Like I think he's a like Boston's talented. Like you can't argue with that. But what has their problem been? They only have they have the third best record in the East at uh, forty three and twenty one. They're they're pretty good. But this team this team has so much more to give. Like they they really do. But I feel like their issue coming in, they are facing a lot of chemistry issues. I know Kyrie's gone, blah blah blah, and that should have solved the problem. But I don't know. I feel like having too much talent like this and having like three guys who all want the ball a lot in their hands and who all can score really well could be a problem. Like who do they have taking the ball up the most and like really like getting points when they need it? Like 
Kemba's a great scorer, Jalen's a great scorer, and Jason Tatum's a great scorer. You can't argue with any of that. And this team has a lot of depth, all things considered, with uh, Marcus Smart, uh, Ennis Cantor. I think he's a great um, I think he's a great center, underrated in my opinion. Holds the paint down well. You have Brad Wanamaker. Like you had so many guys on that team who can do well and succeed. Like, but I don't know. Maybe it could be the new co- like you got Brad Stevens. Maybe his coaching styles and fitting the players too well. Who knows? Like I don't know. But they have the talent to succeed on paper. You look at them; they're all great. Like Jason Tatum's great, Kemba's great, and Jalen's great. Everybody is great. But like. As a friend of mine brought up in his podcast, you also face the issue of up-and-coming max contracts because you're going to have three of those guys who might ask for max contracts. And then on top of it, you have Gordon Hayward, too, who's going to be asking for that money, who, in my opinion, is still really trying to recover from his injury and his injuries in the past. Like, it's a lot to, lot to think about, a lot to think about. All right, on to the next one. And number three. We have the Los Angeles Clippers at 44 and 20. This team, I don't know. This team is scary if I'm looking at them. They have Kawhi and Paul George, who all things considered did not play that well together. I was surprised their record is what it is. Like I was expecting more of a Lakers record for them and almost like maybe 50 and 13. I don't know, somewhere in that range. But I, I was really surprised to see them where they are. But they have a lot of great talent on that roster. And once again, do not sleep on Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. I'm a Bucks friend since I'm from Wisconsin. And look, we that dude took it to us. Like, do not sleep on this dude when it comes to playoff time. He's a great player. He's one of the best two-way players in the league, in my opinion. And yeah, there's no arguing with that roster. And then you have Paul George. Uh, great defensive wing, and then on top of it can shoot the three really well and just does everything on the court you need him to do. If I'm a team and I'm going up against the Clippers, I might be quaking in my boots a little bit, no matter who I am. I don't know. This team's got potential to go places. Potentially go places. Then you got Montrez Harrell in the paint as well. Like Montrez Harrell, an up-and-coming player, I feel like he could be great. I don't know. This team looks dangerous, in my opinion. But I feel like, hey, it's just they just got to put it together, like the Boston Celtics, in my opinion. They got that one mystery piece that nobody else can really figure out that they got to just fix and clamp up. At number two, it hurts me to say this, but the Milwaukee Bucks. As much as I want to put them at the number one spot to win the NBA Finals, you can't. Yeah, they're 53 and 12 and they're amazing. They have the, they hold the best record in the league and they have the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's arguably the best two-way player in the league right now. I I think he is. I don't think there's a whole lot of people who can argue otherwise. The things this guy does is amazing. Like the dude's got averaging what? I think it's like 25 points. Um let me check here really quick. Like this dude yeah, this guy, this guy is averaging 30 a game, almost 15 rebounds per game, and 
six assists per game. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Those are insane numbers to average. And there's, yeah, in my opinion, these are MVP numbers. But who else does Giannis have? You got Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, who are good. But are they that second all-star that they need to really push them over the hump? No, I don't think so at the end of the day. I feel like you need to have at least two all-stars on your team, two true all-stars to succeed in this league. And, yeah, they may have one of the best defenses in the league and Giannis Antetokounmpo on the offensive end and the defensive end. But I don't know. This team could do it, but this team in front of them, I don't know, it's just looking a whole lot better. And that brings us to the number one, the Lakers. I can't find a single thing that is wrong with this team. You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who are both averaging 30 points per game. That's that's a monster. Like I don't even know how you approach that defensively. Um, yeah, they shoot the three really well. They have a lot of depth, veteran leadership, young talent. They have everything they need to win this finals. And personally, I can't find a thing wrong with them. I can't find a damn thing wrong with them. Me personally, I think it is going to be a battle between the Bucks and the Lakers in this final series. the It seems like almost a destined matchup almost. Um, Haiti on Giannis, um, and then you have LeBron. Like, If you want to win the NBA Finals, especially if you're the Bucks, in my opinion, you have to find out what you're going to do against LeBron. Because I think, I think Giannis has what it takes to stop AD. But who do you have to stop LeBron from going for 40, 50 in the finals like he did in some of the games against Golden State with Cleveland? Like We all know this dude shows up to play when it's, when it's go time. And look, he's still the king of the league. Like, yeah, my, I think Giannis will take the throne from him, in my opinion, soon. But I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's developed his three enough. And I, he has to be consistent, I believe. And I, I don't believe Giannis has kept that consistency up yet long enough. But you, if you're the Bucks, don't have anybody to really D up on LeBron. You got Chris Middleton to defend against LeBron James. And in my opinion, I know who I'm laying my money on every single day of the week in that matchup. All right. Um, that's where I'm going to end it off today. I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you for listening. Um, let me know in my newest Instagram post what you thought of the episode. If you listen, I hope you are listening. Everybody out there, go follow the Instagram, uh, the Den with Angry Badger. Um, yeah, I'm going to also try and start doing uh, daily posts on there as well on basketball and lacrosse, one each, so probably two posts a day. Um, yeah, uh, have a great day, everybody. Hope to see you again soon.